The Charlotte Hornets preseason is officially over. What have we learned? Plus, doesn't it feel like it's destiny that the Hornets end up with Russell Westbrook? I'll ask today's guest, David Walker, at that and more on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free, we are daily, everywhere you get podcasts, including on YouTube, where you can see our bright, shining faces. I'm Doug Branson, founder of the podcast writer, podcaster, YouTuber at Every Hornets Box Score. It's a new project I've just started. Subscribe at everyhornetsboxscore.com to support my work there. I'm joined today uh, by a friend of the show, family of the show, really, David Walker, former co-host of the pod, fellow dad, and our show's fashionista. We're going to talk more about Hornets fashion coming up in the third segment. You can follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. David, in one word, how would you describe your feelings about the end of the Hornets preseason. Oh, thankful, for sure. <laughs> that was technically two words, but I couldn't be happier that this preseason is over. It's oh, like thankful. every step of the way, every step of the way, I was ready for the offseason to be done, certainly, mm-hmm. and now I'm ready for the preseason to get out of the way. Let's just let's let's get on with it, Doug. Let's just get on with the whatever's going to happen. Just bring it on. Thankful, I think, is the, the perfect word because you're both thankful that you actually got to see the Hornets play basketball after an offseason waiting for something to happen and nothing happened finally something happened and that they started playing basketball but yeah. it was a rough it was a rough preseason david and i really wanted to start the show by asking what we learned kind of taking a 30,000 foot view of preseason figuring out what we learned from this preseason so i'll start with you david what did you learn from the charlotte hornets five game preseason Well, I think the first thing that I learned and was reminded of is uh, on the surface, if everyone available plays, uh, they're not bad, (laughs) right? I mean, if you have the – and a lot of that hinges on Gordon Hayward. Um, He makes a big difference for this team, obviously, LaMelo Ball. But if you've got LaMelo Ball, you've got Gordon, you've got uh, Rozier, you've got PJ, like if you've got your starters out there, they're not bad. Um, They can probably still be somewhat of a fun team. But the the, the lack of depth and the young guys having yet to step up and produce someone – that can be a player to be counted on is the real issue. But to me, you know, hey, if uh, if no one gets hurt, uh, if if those four or five guys play eighty two games, they can be okay. Well, of course, we already have one major injury to Lamelo Ball, right, that, right, right, uh, right. sprained ankle. We don't know how many games he's going to miss. It almost seems certain that he will miss. Uh, the regular season opener October 19th against the San Antonio Spurs. But injuries, kind of the first thing that I learned from this preseason and something that, I mean, honestly, I was already kind of thinking before the preseason started, more of a confirmation really than something new information that I learned. But I learned that this team really is two injuries away from being the worst team in the Eastern Conference. There already are some whispers about the Hornets possibly being the worst team in the Eastern Conference. I think if everyone stays healthy and no one gets traded, that's I don't think that's possible. I don't see how they, 
as they're currently constructed, if LaMelo comes back in, in some kind of reasonable time frame, they, which it looks like he will. I mean, the grade two ankle sprain is not the most serious of the ankle sprain. So if he comes back after a few weeks, then, you know, you, I think you're really talking about a team that probably is on the fringe of the play-in, maybe out right outside looking in of the play-in. But they really are two injuries away from being the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of piggybacks. Uh, that's the flip side of, of, of what I was uh, surprised by in, in the preseason, and that's the scary part, you know, um, it, because – Here's the thing, though. It can happen really fast. I mean, to your right. point, it may not even take two injuries. I mean, a couple of bad games, and this ship could really be pointed in the wrong direction really fast. And, you know, you're right on the Lamella front. Um, thankfully, obviously, thankfully, it's not anything more serious. He's a young guy that could probably bounce back. Definitely want to be careful with him. Um, but, man, to start off the season like that, 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 that is such a kick in the gut after everything that's happened. And, you know, especially around Charlotte sports right now, it just feels like nothing can go right. Um, but but it'll be interesting to see what they do there, Doug. I mean, I know we'll get into it a little bit later, but without LaMelo, um, it's not a fun team to watch. You know, as good as Gordon and, and Rozier can round into form and play, um, without LaMelo, it just takes so much of that spark away. Well, you just sort of perfectly segued into one of the other things that I learned from this preseason, which is Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward still have a lot of value. Now, we didn't get to see a lot of Gordon Hayward in the preseason because they were he, they were being careful with Gordon. He uh, knocked knees with someone in practice right before the preseason began, and so they rested him for several games. But we did get to see a little bit of Gordon, and, and he was helping. You know, they didn't win that final preseason game, but they really won the section of the game in which a majority of the starters were playing and Gordon was a big part of that and I think Terry and Gordon have established a little bit of a chemistry and I think we'll have to see that if they plan to win any of these opening games without LaMelo uh, that chemistry between Terry and Gordon is going to be essential and their ability to manufacture points in the half court will also be essential and and that's big on on Gordon Hayward he is a mid-range maven Uh, so we'll we'll have to see him finally uh, pick up some of that uh, value for that contract. Uh, it, it really hasn't, because of the injuries, um, hasn't hasn't shown itself uh, as much as some fans would like. And, and honestly, David, I mean, it would be nice to see Terry and Gordon play well early in the season. If if they do plan to take that turn into a rebuild, it's got to start with moving some contracts. Terry and Gordon would seem to be top of the list. Those players have to display value to other teams, mm-hmm. to contending teams. So so you would hope that they played well. Yeah, obviously stay healthy too. It feels like Gordon, they have to get to like the trade deadline almost. I mean, and those two guys, right? You're hoping that there's a contender or someone that, that like needs a missing piece or needs a an added score for them off the bench or to play some some key roles or some key minutes in the playoffs. And those are the two guys, right? But the problem is, you know, those contracts, it's going to really have to be worth it to some team, right? They're going to have to be probably a move away or, or looking to add something. And so you just hope they can stay healthy you hope they play well and it's a it's it's a catch-22 one of your favorite books right doug catch-22 love it heller classic you know they play well enough what does that do for the hornets like if they're playing well enough to be traded to be and be valuable where does that land the hornets uh in the eastern conference you know when you're talking about drafts and so when you're talking about uh, the tanking option and and what else is happening um it just it just feels like they 
have so many balls in the air right now um, and, and, and which way to go that, that they, I don't think they've certainly had decided that as of yet. Um, but, but certainly I think Gordon and, and Rozier, it's nice to see you can count on those guys. You know, one thing that I also learned was I, I'm not sure uh, that they've solved their backup point guard situation. Mm. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think agreed. I don't think uh, Mr. Book Knight's going to be able to take that mantle anytime soon. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., who knows? Kimball Walker, still out there, but is that really a viable option? Uh, we're about to find out because without LaMelo, uh, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be thrown into the fire, but that I don't think they've solved that yet. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. missed a couple of these preseason games uh, with per- for personal reasons. And there were already some questions about just Dennis Smith Jr.'s fitness. What could he could he can he stay healthy? That's still a question. But because he hasn't played a lot over the past couple of seasons, and you know, coming into this offseason, what could he get fit and get you know knowledgeable on this system that Steve Clifford was installing? Uh, I, I think that's going to be a work in progress. They're going to have to lean on him. Uh, you know, he's flashed some value. His ability to get to the rim is still there. He can get open shots. Can he knock him down? I mean, that's the big question. Uh, yeah, he's he's somebody that really is active on the defensive end. So I, I could see that being something that Clifford values. But ultimately, you're right. I mean, Book Knight is not a backup point guard, and and nor. I don't think he was really scouted to be that. I mean, he's. I think he's no. definitely like a, a shooting guard. He's not somebody that you want to depend on for multiple possessions in a row to handle the basketball. Uh, Terry's going to have to take a big part of the load. He played a lot of minutes in preseason. He's going to play a lot of minutes to open this regular season. Uh, but I want to flash back to Book Knight. I mean, one of the things that I learned from this preseason, because Book Knight uh, did not have a good one in five games, he got 22 minutes. He was uh, he averaged eight field goal attempts per game on 25% shooting. He was 16.7% from beyond the arc. His free throw percentage was 66.7%. He didn't get to the line very much, but he was missing free throws uh, and, and didn't really give you much in the way of any other stats uh, did turn the basketball over 2.2 times per game. Huh. So really bad preseason for Book Knight. And the thing that I learned is like last season really did a number on James Book Knight. What were your thoughts on Book Knight and and what's your I don't know kind of outlook for him this season? Is he headed back to Greensboro? Or do you think now's the time to finally install him into the regular rotation? Oh boy. Well, they may not have much choice, but it also stinks that he couldn't play in summer league. I mean, you think of all the basketball he's kind of missed out on, uh, not that summer league is going to vault anyone, you know, like a team USA invite or anything, but this guy needs minutes on the floor against NBA or close to NBA competition and to get used to whatever the Hornets are doing. So that was a, that was a hit for him as well. Um, they have to, the thing that the Hornets (laughs) are banking on, They've got to get some of these guys to pop. I mean, and he was a lottery pick. Um, and people are going to be clamoring for the young guys to play. That's 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 going to come fast and furious for this team, I think. They want to see those young guys play. They want to see Book Knight play. But he's got to be able to show that he is, you know, competent enough to stay in some of these games, not turn the ball over, you know, know where the out-of-bounds lines are, know where the half-court line is uh, on a consistent basis, not step on those. Um I mean, I think he's going to get his shot, though, um, especially if these injuries mount, if Lamelo's out. Yeah. If, if any of the backcourt f- people are out for any extended uh, period of time, where else can they go at this point? So I think he's certainly going to get his shot. He's going to be there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he can progress at all. He's going to have to do it pretty fast. 
All right, I want to talk more about some of the young players uh, and what we learned about them in the preseason um, and, and much more coming up on the Locked On Hornets Don't podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Russell Westbrook. I mean, we can't, we can't get away yeah. from this name, it seems like. The chatter is still there. Um, so we're going to talk about the possibility of Russell Westbrook joining the Charlotte Hornets via trade, what it all means. That's coming up on the show. But first, I want to talk about our friends at Bet Online, And if you're watching on YouTube, um, you get this fancy graphic too. BetOnline.net is your number one source, our number one source, for football betting info this season. But guess what? Basketball regular season, it's about to start. We're going to be dropping those lines in the game previews. I haven't checked recently. They dropped the line on the... Uh, the Spurs game after the mellow injury, but I'm sure that line will be back up, and I'm sure that line is going to be a lot closer. The Hornets were favored. I think uh, that line is going to be definitely a lot closer because the Hornets seem like, as an organization, they be they may be trending more towards the Spurs uh, than we initially thought at the beginning of this preseason. Anyway, back to bed online. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, bet online remains your continued source uh, for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest, it's the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Much more ahead with my friend David Walker coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And would, would, would I have liked to see a few more shards? Sh- shards? No, I would not have. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. No Walker mail today. The radio professional is doing radio professional things. So he leaves me to tend the house. So I called up one of my good buddies, my former co-host on the show, David Walker, to join me. And we're going to talk much more about these young players here in just a minute. But I wanted to give you a quick update on the Miles Bridges trial Uh, They're still waiting for, we're still waiting for that preliminary hearing to happen. Uh, It was continued for a sixth time uh, earlier this week. Now it's the, the hearing is scheduled for October 17th. That's two days before the opener. Although at this point, after six continuations, uh, it could possibly be continued again. We'll keep you up to date as uh, we get information on that. Uh, but I want to talk before we get to this Russell Westbrook situation because I'm hearing whispers. I'm reading stuff on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of negativity around the franchise right now, especially among some uh, national hosts. And I'm getting some negativity about Lamelo Ball too. I want to talk to you about that. But I but I don't want to I don't want to shirk some of these young players because we got a good look at them this preseason. Uh, Steve Clifford made sure to get minutes for young players. Was not. Seemed more like he was thinking about looking at everything he had as opposed to really zoning in on what his rotation was going to be. I'm sure a lot of that work happened in practice. But want to want to shift it back to the young players. Mark Williams, the draftee, the 15th pick, the pick that they made instead of picking Jalen Duran. They could have had both of them, but instead they traded Duran away. He's a member of the Detroit Pistons. He's looking good over there. Uh, Mark Williams not looking as good, but maybe looked better. David, would you say he looked yeah. better as the preseason went on? Yeah, there's going to be some growing pains with him for sure. But I think you saw enough, especially in those last, what, 
two and a half. I'd say two. Games. Yeah. I'd say two. Yeah, yeah last two, um, he definitely played better. Uh, it's it's it sucks that Lamelo's out, obviously, because he's going to make anyone out there, especially those guys who can learn, you know, to 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 dive to the rim when Lamelo's out there, make a move, and and find that space. But um, I think on the on the defensive end, you hope that he continues to progress, can be somewhat of a a, a shot blocker down there, and then find the rebounds and 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 um, easy buckets on offense. Uh, but you know, Nick Richards also. Was I think one thing I learned was you know maybe you know maybe he can be that guy. I mean, Cliff said he was the most active guy on the board. Certainly to start the preseason, he looked uh, the best out of any of the young guys. So that was that was great to see. I mean, that would be I don't know he's not going to be your starter. I don't think, but I mean, you know, if you have two young guys down there who can challenge for minutes, that's certainly a better situation than they've than they've been in. But yeah, I mean, you were pretty down on Mark Williams, I, I think, to start the preseason. So did you end up a little more? positive as the preseason wore on i did because all of the things that i was hearing out of training camp before preseason started was was that you know mark williams wasn't necessarily ready for the physicality of the nba game and you know that first game against boston he was getting taught he was getting physically removed from the pain (laughs) and and at the center position you just can't do that unless unless you're like a you know, Christoph Borzingas, and you can knock down threes at an extremely efficient rate. That's not what Mark Williams can do right now. Maybe he can do that in the future, but in the meantime, he's got to be able to dust it up in there and get some dirty rebounds, and uh, that's not yeah. what we were seeing early on. Later on in the preseason, I thought he was a little bit more physical and was cleaning up the boards a little bit, but, it, but again, it was against... Not, not the toughest competition, you know, and that that's sort of the thing that I learned about Mark Williams. He's got potential, but he's going to have to be coached and developed carefully. And, and that that coaching and that development is probably mainly, at least at first, going to happen in Greensboro. If this team does take a turn towards the the tank mode, you know, the 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 future mode, then I think you can see more Mark Williams. But but you mentioned Nick Richards, and I think you know there is a universe in which Nick Richards did not come into this preseason having improved as much and then i think there's much more of an argument to say well look you know that there you're already desperate at center you didn't make any moves why not just go ahead and throw mark williams to the to the wolves and let him develop in the nba but with nick richards showing what he showed in the preseason uh and the improvements that he made i think i'm comfortable going into the regular season at least at first mason nick let Mark do some damage down in Greensboro, build up some confidence, and and then bring him on in later in the season. Or obviously, if there's an injury, you know that's that's the first guy you look at because Walker, Kai Jones does not look ready to play the center position in the NBA. That's the other. That's the last thing that I learned uh, from the preseason. What did you think? Yeah. Of not much. Um, I don't recall, you know, a lot of effective plays in there, to be honest with you. And you talk about those three guys, and and uh, I know we exchanged a text on this, and you guys discussed it on the show. They're just not taking up a whole lot of space down there. You know, they're 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 not the physical guys. They're not creating any contact down there. They're not playing that way, and that's up and down the board for the Hornets. But with those guys being so young. Um, you know, they're definitely trying to be more of the get up and and above the rim type players, especially Richards mm-hmm. and, and Kai Jones, certainly. But I, I just don't they have not found their niche or their their lane, you know, in the NBA yet. They haven't popped uh, for this team. And so that's a big thing holding them back. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Kai Jones is the exciting guy. Right. Um, along with your boy Thor, I think, who, 
you know, progressed a little bit as the preseason went on. Uh, but, you know, we're still waiting on Kai Jones. And that draft class, Doug, I mean, right now, Kai Jones and Booknight, if that, if you strike out on those two, I mean, you've seen what just having a gaping hole in a draft class for a team like the Charlotte Hornets does. It just, you know, it, it's, it's like you missed a whole offseason, especially when you do nothing else to well, improve the roster. It's true, and but people love that draft. If if you recall, oh. you know people love the move to move up to get uh, Kai Jones. Now, luckily, there were some protections built into the pick that they gave up to the Knicks uh, that would be next season's pick, aka this Wibanyama Scoot draft. Enough protections were built in where if the Hornets are bad enough. Uh, I think it's top 16 protected. That, Knicks don't even have that pick anymore, by the way. Went to the Hawks and then went to the Spurs, who they play opening night. Uh, they went to the Spurs via that DeJounte Murray trade. But anyway, it's top 16 protected for several years. So um, even even if uh, they they are just a little bit bad and end up in that you know 11th or 12th pick, they're still okay there. Uh, but you know, so they, the the point of all that is people loved that draft. And and yet, when you when you take risks on players like a Kai Jones that are projects, sometimes the projects don't work out. There's no guarantees, um, and sure. you know Kai still has a lot of time, but he's going to have to shoot better uh, because I, I just don't see him as somebody that's going to be like a force. He he can, he has a great ability to block, but like I don't see him as like a really super effective rebounder. And, and that's right. the thing that Clifford is going to demand is somebody that's tough on the defensive boards, and, and that's what you're looking at for Mark Williams as well. Uh, his ability to get to, into the rotation is not about his ability to block shots, although that's important. It's his ability to get defensive rebounds. Is Kai Jones, I mean, is he is his ultimate landing spot in the NBA, uh, you know, in the post, a center? I mean, a forward? I mean, has that even been decided yet? Do we know? I mean, I know you like to develop that outside shot. That obviously would be great for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but I just haven't seen where he's going to ultimately be able to carve out, you know, any 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 niche in, in, the, in the league. I mean, is that – do you see him as a center, a five, yeah. four? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely, because on the defensive end, I think it, it, he would present problems trying to defend smaller fours. So, you know, and like a, mm, I think yeah. it would be difficult to see him paired next to like Mark Williams or Nick Richards or Mason Plumley in some kind of twin towers lineup for anything more than limited minutes and, and particular matchup situations. Like that's not something you can use as like a long-term uh, strategy. unless Again, unless Kai was like an excellent shooter, but he went, you know, right. I think he went 0 for 10 in his in his three-point attempts in that first uh when he when he got the green light in that first summer league game and, and we really didn't see much in the way of three-point attempts from him in in the preseason. So, you know, that's Well, the that's athleticism gonna, is off yeah. the charts. I mean, right. the, the 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 highlights and the and the good things you see are so enticing and you're obviously pulling for him because uh they they both seem like they want to do well. Uh we just haven't seen it uh on the court as of yet but i mean you know you see the flashes and it's like ah oh, right you know that that's what it could be but uh but they got to get there okay so that's what we learned preseason edition i, I want to shift gears into you know what what this regular season could portend for the charlotte hornets and i'm starting again i'm starting to hear whispers i'm seeing things because what the lakers learned in preseason seemingly is that 
you know, this Russell Westbrook thing is just, it's not <laughs> going to work out. They, you know, Darvin Ham has said all the right things there in Lakerland. They're trying to, to figure it out, but there's problems with uh, Russell Westbrook not joining huddles. You know, all of it comes down to the fact that Russell Westbrook is and will always think of himself as a number one, number, you know, a, a main option. And but that's not what his body is allowing him to be. That's not what his shooting ability is allowing him to be anymore. And it's just it doesn't seem like it's going to work out in Lakerland. So now we're, we're you know people are drumming up ideas to get Russell Westbrook out of out of L.A. And one of those options seems to be like moving him to Charlotte, uh, and and that would be in in a way to help both teams. The 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 Lakers would get some pieces. The Hornets would get some picks and. Uh, they they would get Russell Westbrook, but my question, and I think the question that's on the mind of a lot of Hornets fans would be, all right, you trade for Russell Westbrook. Let's just say the deal is Russell for Gordon Plumley and a couple of uh, uncon- or maybe unprotected first-round picks, right? I mean, is, is, is that the deal, and would Russell Westbrook actually play for the Charlotte Hornets? What do you, what do you think about all that, David? I mean, that's the main question, I think, right? Because we'd heard about these a little bit earlier. And, and at one point, it was like, well, if, even if they did the trade, they would just buy him out or he would walk away, right? So, I mean, would he play? I mean, it seems like Russ would, would play, I guess. I have no idea what that would Well, he like would. Like, he would. I mean, he yeah, would suit up he if, would. If, he were, if he were asked to. Would that right, be a good right. idea? I guess the question I'm asking you is, no. would that be a good idea for the Charlotte Hornets to say, look, we actually don't want to do a buyout yeah. situation here. We we want to see Russell Westbrook, may, you know, that he's a, he still can be an exciting player. He can still he plays the kind of game that Steve Clifford wants to play. You know, he's still a pace player. Um, and, and could you pair, you know, once LaMelo gets back healthy, could you pair those two together in some kind of situation uh, that could be exciting, sell a few tickets? Do you think that would be a good idea? Not for the ultimate <laughs> outcome of this team, no. Uh, I think he would sell a few tickets. It would certainly be interesting to see, you know. Uh, I, I would have my eyes back on the team, and, and him, he and LaMelo out there would be interesting. I don't know. What that does, if you're because tra- if you're trading those two, if you're trading a Gordon or a Rozier or whatever to get draft picks, it feels like you're you're, you're backing into the tank, right? I mean, you're you're trying to get mm-hmm. to the bottom and trying to get those odds up for the lottery. So I don't know what Russell Westbrook on the court does for you from that standpoint, but of course, I mean that Hayward contract is hanging out there. I mean, and that's the big piece. So if you can if you can get rid of that, they've got to get some draft capital in there too. Um, it just, it, to me, it doesn't fit as great as everyone else who on the outside is talking about seems to think it does. You know what I mean? And maybe that's because it's coming from a Lakers perspective. Cause clearly no one likes that, mat- that, that pairing out there. They don't like, uh, Westbrook out there with the Lakers, although it's fun to watch. Um, but I don't know what it does for the Hornets ultimately, other than get off Hayward's contract, which may be enough for them. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know that it helps them win basketball games. But if you're trading for Russell Westbrook, that's not the goal anyway, right? So you're mm-hmm. really not talking about wins and losses. Um, you, you maybe maybe there's an idea. Hey, we play Russell, and if he's not if he's not shooting the basketball well, then you know that's great. We 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 don't we don't play as well. You know, from sort of a cynical view that you wouldn't speak to the media about, that'd be great. You lose games, you get closer to Webb and Yama, you get closer to Scoot. Uh, and that opportunity. The, the question would be, would it be healthy for your star, 
LaMelo Ball to play alongside mm. Russell Westbrook? Would it would it feed some of the things that you don't want to feed a, a, a star player? Would it take some oxygen away? That's the thing, right? Russell Westbrook sucks up a lot of oxygen, both really off the court. I mean, I, you know, I think he sucked up a lot of attention in, in Los Angeles for for his, I guess his reactions to some of the things that are that are going on there and and their decisions that they're making towards Russell Westbrook and his playing time. So you would always, I think, be dealing with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would probably be in the best interest not to play Russell Westbrook and just let LaMelo and Steve Clifford focus on their relationship and focus on LaMelo ascending and leading this team. I, I've been hearing some things, David, on some podcasts. I was listening to this podcast, uh, Basketball Intelligence and David Thorpe, who is kind of a basketball, uh, just a voice. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, within the community, somebody who uh, helps train other basketball players and, and is just noted as somebody that uh, has strong opinions on different things and is around the game. And uh, he is very down on LaMelo Ball, doesn't think that LaMelo Ball is a player that is focused on winning basketball games, is more focused on being famous. He mentioned in this podcast, David, that he had talked to somebody that had already played them in the preseason and that uh, he asked them, you know, what do you think about the Charlotte Hornets? And that player said the Charlotte Hornets are trash because LaMelo <laughs> Ball is trash. Huh. Uh, so... My, my question is, are you getting that same sense that maybe there is some national opinion starting to move in the direction, the needle is moving in the direction of LaMelo Ball, not focused on winning, focus more on his own game, his own star power, and, and not really you know somebody that you can depend on for winning basketball? I guess. I wonder how much of that is just the Hornets – whatever rubbing off on you know lamello's positivity but it's also you know what he put because people love to talk that way about the hornets they love to say that the hornets organization is going nowhere and mj is a big part of that yeah right right uh it seems like a quick turnaround though honestly i mean now the dud they lay you know the 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 horrible playing game doesn't help i guess if you're looking at lamello's Instagram and shoes and whatever you could come away with that. It's been a popular take to have that. He just wants to be famous. He's already famous. Like he's been famous since he was 14 years old. Like he's famous. Um, Everything we've heard from the basketball point of view is that he's kind of stayed in Charlotte. He's been working on his game. Hasn't, I don't think he's been in the weight room that much. That would be one thing, one tip I would give him. Um, But you know, I guess you have to see, I, I don't know where that really comes from other than, you know, just the the lack of success the team has had and his overall persona that he puts out there i mean certainly he's the only guy in the nba that wants to be famous um i guess he's the only guy on instagram on the nba you know on social media channels so it's like it seems a little ridiculous and a little unfair to a guy who's really being asked to carry a franchise that has not had success that really doesn't have a brand that has no culture, you know, he's carrying everything here in Charlotte now, especially without miles bridges. So uh, to be that down on him right now, it seems odd because he's kind of geared to take a next step. Unfortunately, the team's not really there with him. 
Well, and that's the tough part, right? I mean, first of all, David Thorpe, who are you? Like, come on. I mean, you know, get get with the get with the program. Well, you just said like, he's, he's a guy. Is well, you know, he's a, a guy. He's, yeah. Well, he's a guy, and and that's really you know that's it. I mean, you know, I, I think Lamelo is somebody that is like if you're really actually paying attention to what's going on in Charlotte, but that's you know that's the problem. These national guys, they don't pay attention to what's going on in Charlotte. They're not digging down for the details. They they just look and see that Lamelo Ball is famous, that his dad makes a lot of noise, and that you know they've had television shows and all this kind of all this kind of stuff and they make assumptions about where where their focus lies but Lamelo is very focused without prompting he talks about how he understands that make that the only way that you you know really have individual success in this league like the kind of individual success that he wants superstar status legendary status the only way you do that is by getting to the playoffs and winning you know, there, there are legends that haven't won championships. Like you don't like winning championships certainly vaults you into that, that conversation immediately. But, but, but baseline, you've got to get into the playoffs and you have to win in the playoffs. And, uh, the, the difficult part of that for LaMelo is that, you know, part of that hinges on the organization helping you, but also part of that is learning how to, you know, especially the point guard position manage manage team success it means being a, a more efficient player at the rim it means being a more efficient offensive player in general and and i think that's what we have to see this season regardless of the win loss record for the organization because look if they turn if they turn this ship towards women yama and scoot there's not going to be a, a damn thing that lamello can do individually to to lift that boat into into playoff success okay but there are things that we can see from him uh individually that would at least give us an indicator that once those pieces were put into place lamella would be ready to make that jump like he can still make i think he could still make the all-star team but his numbers would have to be just off the charts gaudy in order for that to happen if the hornets really are uh, you know, moving this thing to if, if they do decide to move this thing towards tanks, it'll be really interesting to watch. Uh, you mentioned Lamelo shoes, David. That's what I want to get to. It's a Friday show, so we always try to do something fun in this show, and we're going to do a fashion segment. We're not only going to talk about Lamelo shoes, but coming up on the Locked On Hornets. Don't go podcast, to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Also, got to talk about a possible city jersey leak. Uh, thought I might have seen something on the internet. We'll take a look at that. Uh, we don't know what those city jerseys look like officially yet, but we may have gotten some information there. Uh, plus, I want to ask David what he thought about the uh, statement edition jerseys that came out. Those, we know for sure what those are going to look like. So I want to get David's opinion because he is our resident uh, fashionista on the show. So that's all coming up. Hang with us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I know a lot about the weight room. I know a lot, ton, ton about the weight. I, I, I don't, I don't lift a lot of weights, uh, but I do kind of stand around the weight room. I sort of, I kind of. Are you using that? Are you, you're good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. And you know, no, I stand I around the weight room a lot. Do you have the high socks and the headband on with your hair tied back? Oh yeah, big like white tube socks for sure. Yeah, yeah. headband. Yeah, I've got it all. I've got yeah, big he- these shows. big he- these headphones right here that you see me wearing on YouTube right now. I take these into the gym. <laughs> I just you know, it's about looking professional. You got to look the part, right? Dress for the job that you want. That's how I feel about how I am in the weight room. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thank you. 
fashion time, fashion time, fashion show here on the Locked On Points <laughs> podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. I'm joined by David Walker, our resident fashionista. He, he knows all about uh, the sneakers, and LaMelo has unveiled uh, two dads a, a, talking fashion. Let's do it, Doug. You know, look, I mean, you got to stay fresh. It doesn't, you know, just just <laughs> because you have a child doesn't preclude you uh, from looking good. Uh, so, true. in fact, it, I think it helps. You look good, you feel good. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a little screen sharing here. We're going to take a look at a few things that are brewing around the Charlotte Hornets organization as it relates to fashion. And the first thing is the star, LaMelo Ball, releasing a new version Yo. of his MBO2s, or I guess a... Would this be the first MBO2? Um, that's a great question. This would be the MB.02, I believe, because I believe that was MB01, don't, okay. don't, which is confusing, right? Because last year he wore number two. Now he's wearing number one. Oh, but this boy. is the yep. second I'm iteration confused. of his shoe. This is the second iteration of his shoe. Still says one of one, though. It does say one of one. And they don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I can't spot many differences in this shoe from the first shoe. Uh, yeah, similar silhouette, right, and similar um, logo there on the tongue. I guess the main difference is these. We I don't we are, are are they flames? Are they wings? Are they feathers? Whatever is going up and down the side, I think is the main difference uh, in this version, this iteration of the shoe. But we previewed these uh, months ago, Doug, during the dog days of summer. I think we got an early leak at these, and we discussed these. Uh, I think they'll still be a hit for LaMelo. He seems to have a a, a hit on his hands with his shoes. The young kids like him. All the young kids out there are wearing LaMelo's shoes. And they've been rated pretty well. I think most people who played in them uh, like them as well. They feel good. So I think these will be another hit. All right. Well, uh, they release... I think on the first day of the season, October 19th, uh, unfortunately, LaMelo won't be releasing then because of mm. this ankle injury, uh, but we will uh, see these shoes come out. All right, next thing is a oh. leak, uh, a, a possible jersey leak from from one of these cats that does the jersey leaks, and we're seeing a on the screen right now uh, a very don't don't adjust your screens. Um, this is how the leak happened. It was very blurry, very like NES quality, eight bit. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at this city jersey. I'm going to describe it for mm-hmm. the people that are listening. It is a it looks to be a mint city alternate, black being the main color, pinstripes, which look to be maybe a gold and mint uh, pinstripe. The lettering is gold. The accents are mint. Uh, the lettering, though, on the front of the jersey, very important here. People uh, love the the controversy a few seasons ago of using CHA. Well, these say CLT, which is it seems like what everybody wanted the team to use in the first place. So, David, your thoughts on the Black Mint City alternates? If if this is indeed their city jersey? Yeah, it seems like it is. Um... So, first of all, the Mint was such a huge hit. What was that two seasons ago? Great alternate uniform. Great concept. Great storytelling. So, I'm a huge fan of bringing that back. I would have gone another step further and just made these gold. Foregone the black. Uh, made them an all-gold uniform. Uh, and then flipping the Mint in there for the accents. But they could still do that. They could pull that out next year or the year after. I think we've seen enough black jerseys. Um I don't need to really see anymore. These are fine, though, from that standpoint. If you're using the mint, and I like the pinstripe still, 
I, I don't really care about the CLT and the CHA, Doug. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the Charlotte Airport, just like everyone is. Although now it's 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 a nightmare out there. They're doing a lot of construction. It takes days to get to your parking if you can even find parking. So I'm down on that. Uh, but if you want to put CLT on there, that's great. If you want to put CHA on there, if you want to go retro and, and go CHO as a as a as a tip of the cap to Rich Cho and basketball <laughs> reference, you could do that too. I don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. I'm actually I, I'm against the sort of conventional opinion here, and, and I think CHA was fine. I think the problem with CLT number one, I don't. Again, I don't. I get that it's the airport. Who has a good time sure. in the airport, though? Who has a great time in the airport? Well, I don't know. It is a good concourse. I'll give them that. But um, it's yeah, fine. But like, point. I don't. I don't. I don't associate my city identity with the airport. That's associated with leaving the city, or or maybe coming to the city. I guess if you're a visitor, but I don't associate the airport with my city identity. The problem I have is just as a design person is that this the l and the t there's just this there's a balance issue with it it doesn't like my eye it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to my eye whereas cha there's just a general balance to the way the letters fall um but just this gap between the l and the t uh, just gets on my nerves, but look, they, they look. The majority of people wanted CLT, so I give the organization credit for just giving the people what they want. Yes, that's true. Why do we even have to do that? Uh, this seems like very mid two thousands or aughts or something. Just put Charlotte on there. Just put Hornets on there. Put uh, Buzz City on there. Buzz City's fine too. I, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of the <laughs> airport code abbreviation right. on the jerseys. It's you know. It's a, it's a little uh, gimmicky for me. Remember when, like, the Carolina and Duke, they just had, like, the logo or, or the NC on those uniforms? Mm -hmm. Those were not mm -hmm. good. People mm -hmm. hated those. Mm -hmm. uh, but the color, I mean, the color combo, what do you think? Black, gold? I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I yeah. think just as long as they hang with the men's city, like I think that's they like black, keep that in the rotation. black mint gold. I think all of those really work well together. And so, and, and I'm like you, I think eventually we will see an all go gold. It'll be fire. Uh, and we'll, we'll all buy it up, but you know, they, they've got opportunities to do that, but I, I just love the color combo. And I'm glad that after taking a year off, I didn't love the city jerseys, Last year, I didn't think they were bad. They they took some chances. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Those, was, no, I like those. I mean, they were crazy. They were right. for the folks that don't remember. They were like a. Um, they had the honeycomb. They had the retro script. They had a lot of stuff going on. It was a mishmash. A lot. Yeah. yeah, it was a mishmash of different homages to the old Hornets, new Hornets. It had a kind of '90s flair to it. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, again, I, I like that they took some chances, but I, I thought it was one of those situations where you try to do everything and you end up doing nothing. Uh, but I'm glad they're back to the men's city. Just really quickly before we wrap things up, I want because uh, we didn't have we haven't had you on since the statement edition jerseys. Got those up on the screen now. Uh, what do you think, Cody Martin, repping the the statement edition purple cell pattern down the side? Uh, yeah. And the shorts have the C on them. Hornets on the front. Here's what you were asking for here. Charlotte or Hornets on the front. What do you think? Yeah. Perfectly fine. Um, no one will know the difference uh, between these or any other purple jersey they wear, except for the fact that it says Hornets on there. Yeah, these are fine. Uh, there's so many jerseys now, um, and I never thought I'd say this, but there may be too many. Oh, um, a lot of good elements in here. I feel like they use this jersey to bring it like that C on the belt, the alternate Hornets logo. The shorts are good. The honeycomb, I get it. 
so these are these are perfectly fine. I really like these jerseys. I think they're tight. I mean, I, I like the Hornets on the fronts. I, I, I actually, what I really dig is this like bright colored cell pattern up the side that yeah. then connects with a purple, darker purple on lighter purple cell pattern up the accents yeah, for the, I like the that sort too. of sleeve. I mean, I, honestly, like. Yeah, you're right. There are too many, so it becomes tougher and tougher to judge these, and it becomes tougher to stand out. But I really, I really like the little touches on this, uh, and, and they didn't do anything too radical on the main version of this, you know. So, and I like the sort of two-toned uh, neck accent here, where you've got the dark yeah. purple cell pattern with the bright teal. I just, I thought, I thought, look, I, I hope I'm selling you on this, David, because I thought they did a really great job with this. They look great. They they're they're good. The purple and the teal always work. I get. I I just I, like I don't know which uh, story this version of the uniform is supposed to be telling now. You know what I mean? Like all these have some purpose of why they're making these the, the statement, the city, or whatever. Um, and they look good. They look they look uh, they look good. But they they don't look that much of a departure from you know a lot of the other purple. Uh, jerseys and maybe that is the point so yeah i like the little accents there anytime you can sneak in like a, a little easter egg like you said the little uh, piping there that you can't see till you get really up close so well done nothing offensive exciting <laughs> that's what this preseason has been that's what this preseason nothing turned offensive. into they got <laughs> they got better yeah i think that's really how you could wrap up the preseason is saying look by the by the end of the preseason, Clifford had gotten these guys into not offensive territory. Beginning of the preseason, it wasn't offensive, and that's why it was offensive, because they couldn't score and they couldn't defend, and it looked to the eyes, it was very offensive. Uh, but they've turned things around. I'm still I'm look, I'm still stoked uh, to see these guys get out there. I'm stoked for LaMelo Ball to come back. Um, and and be better than ever. So I hope, David, just really quickly, are you excited about the beginning of the season? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am because it's the end of the preseason. I am excited about it. I'm going to opening night uh, for my dad's birthday. He wanted to take the whole family to the Hornets game. <laughs> I was like the home opener against it. the Pelicans. Let's hey, you know, I'll be home there too. Opener. We need to we need to dap it up and and Walker will be oh, there. Well, the definitely. whole gang's going to be there. We need to get a little Is Walker picture. Walker going to be working. He's always working now. Is well, we'll both yeah, I mean, game? we'll both be working. You're going to be working. Oh, be I'm working not going to be working. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you'll see a picture on the Locked On Hornets Twitter. You can follow that at Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And now for your second listen, why don't you check out Locked On NBA in just 30 minutes every day. You can get your daily NBA update for Walker and David Walker. I'm Doug Branson saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. See you next week. 